Hello, I am Mariano Gutierrez Alarcón and welcome to the second season of the 12th Man Academy, the show that asks the questions we believe the fans want to know about football. Joining me for this second season is well-known and passionate manager Gus Poyet and our voice of the fans, long-suffering supporter Stephen Brown. Together, we will get inside the pitch and hope to answer your doubts about managing at the top end of the game while we get the inside track of being a top-level football manager. In each episode, we continue trying to get a better understanding of the thoughts, the decision-making and philosophies of top-level coach, from picking a club captain to tactics and team identity. So strap in and join us to the 12th Man Academy as we explore the world of football and connect the fans to the managers like never before. Hello, guys. Hello, Steven. Welcome to the third episode of Season 2. Hello, Steven. Hello, Mariano. Pleased to be with you again. Evening, gents. Good to see you. How are you doing? Very, very well. Very well. Thank you, guys. Today, I was trying to yeah. go back to the more educational side of our podcast to make it more universal, not so focused on the news uh, as it happens normally because I want to people to listen this uh, in many, many months to come, so many, many years to come, and think, okay, this is very useful for us. And thinking about previous podcasts that we did, previous episodes, and things that we talk a lot about identity and how manager problems when he coach a, a team, I want to focus on one aspect that we mention it quite a few times, but we never speak in detail about it, is how the manager talks to the player. One thing always struck me, strange is that we don't know how a manager talks to the player. Do they talk all the time? Do they have mm. a personal relationship beyond the training ground? It's like any job or, or for example, when we spoke many times, many years ago, guys, about Ferguson, uh, and as you say in the first episode, that Ferguson used to be like an old traditional manager in his office, far away, the coach, mm -hmm. uh, making the coaching on the pitch, and he was overseeing stuff. There are many aspects on the relationship, and then you mentioned many, many times that we can speak a lot about games, but we never know how a manager every day with his communication transfers his idea, his identity to the team, how develops these ideas, this identity. So in general, and probably from your experience, you as a coach, Gus, how do you deal with this situation? To start talking about something that, Fans, we don't know anything about it. I think we don't know how the coach... It's good. Goes. It's very good. I, I'll tell you one thing. It's a, it's a big change, okay, from my times to now. And uh, especially because of the communications that we have nowadays. I, I was saying to people last week, I don't remember having the telephone number of the manager. You know what I mean? I mean, I remember talking on the phone, yes, but not having that kind of connection with the manager that you talk over the phone and you text each other or you see each other outside the training room. Never, never. And I, I can say with every single every single manager, including our well-loved Gianluca Viale, passed away, but uh, he was a teammate and the next day he was a manager. And from the moment he became a manager, the relationship outside the, the training room was over. You know, you, you cannot maintain a friendship with the coach. So that that's one thing. And I'm like that. But I think there are so many personalities, so different, that there is no one pattern. You cannot say the manager or the coach needs to talk to the player this way or must talk outside. It's, it's depending on how you are, how you get to the player, and how, how is your personality. 
I'm quite straightforward with the player. I like to know a lot about the player because the more I know about their personalities, it helped me to make decisions after when I had to play them or not. I'm reading a lot, hearing a lot about you know managers speaking to players before they sign them to get to know their personality. They can do, they know what they are as a footballer. But now it's all about personality. I was listening to some podcasts today in while I was driving, and it was the Italian guy that's just left Spurs, an interview with The Athletic, and he wants to know about the personality of the person and where they come from, their family. He was talking about Mickey van der Ven, and he was interested that his dad was like ex-military and how that was important to him because he's you know going to be a disciplined centre-back. And I was like, well, that's a bit extreme, that's a bit wide. So how far do you go into someone's personality as a coach? When you have when you have a, a good relationship inside the club, it's, it's always my first question to the to the sport director or to the scouting department. I said, okay, we know the player. Now we need to find out about the person. Either they have a way to do it, or now it's becoming like a tradition to ask another coach that had a player before. I can tell you, without giving nothing away tremendously, some people from Liverpool contact me about Luis Suarez before Luis Suarez arrived. Some people from Sevilla contact me about Jules Koundé before they signed Jules Koundé. That doesn't mean that they signed them because of me. There is the other side. It was a club who asked me about another player from, uh, from Bordeaux, and I told the player exactly personality, and they didn't sign because I say the truth. I'm, I'm not here to help anyone. I'm not here to help a player to get a transfer. And then my reputation is on the line because I said I was a, a good kid, a good uh, professional, and then it's a disaster. That's why it's private. I think it's a good call that. And I think you can, you can relay, relay on managers because it can work the other way sooner or later. So it's not like somebody's going to lie about it. The, the best one I had when I was in Chile, the Chilean team, I wanted to sign a Chilean player who was... 35 years old, and, and, and I was trying to sign a younger one, uh, 25, between 23 and 27, that we didn't have any place in that range of, uh, of age. And uh, I talked to this sport director, and he told me everything, the good and the bad. So then you can make a proper decision, because if you sign him, you know what you're getting. You know the, the character of that person. Uh, for me, it's essential. It would be very, very difficult for me to, to have an image of a player because I watch him in a video or I watch him in a game live. And then one week later, you have him training with you and he doesn't have a clue. He doesn't understand football. He doesn't like football. He doesn't watch football. You know nothing about the position. And then you go, oh my God, then you have 10 extra jobs, you know, to bring him into the, the, the equation. Uh, that that's something that I wanted to to ask you about because you just said we know about the player, but how what about you can know about the player for what you see, his characteristics or or his certain level of awareness because of your expertise and everything. But also I'm interested in knowing once you have the player with you, you just come in into the club. There are many, many players that you don't know. What what's the structure? So basically you get to a club, you do an interview one on one to everyone, and then you do a well, group it depends. One. It depends. It's a good question though. It depends. I, I think one to one it, it depends on um, how the, the manager wants to do me. I, I don't like formality. I don't I don't like you got 26, 27, 28 players in your squad and you say, okay, this week I'm gonna meet you every single one, one by one, because then the, the first five, six meetings they are all right, and the other twenty they go away too quick because, you know, it's not simple. I like to talk to the players by situations. You know, uh, you go for breakfast and it's someone in there and it's alone and you sit down with them, two minutes. And you ask them, are you coming here to have breakfast? Why? You live alone, you don't live alone. So you use that moment to talk to them. 
I need you to play watching training and you it's a moment that you can relax as a coach and you let your coaches to do the job and you go close to him and you talk to him during training or maybe you ask someone to stay after training and you sit down in the typical pictures no you sit on top of a ball he sits on top of another football and you stay on the pitch talking to him for three minutes or 20 minutes it doesn't matter and like that you you, you start knowing the player the more they know the player, the better it is for you to act in any kind of situation. I make an example. There is plenty of players that they, they will say to you, coach, I respect you. You make a decision. I, I want to be here. So it's kind of a player that you need to, you don't need to give too many explanations when he doesn't play. But then you go to the character and say, I'm expecting to play every game. And if I don't play, blah, 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 I have. So maybe that play, you say, okay, no every time. But when it's an important decision, maybe it's better to, to talk to him before and not having a problem afterwards. That's the way that I like to manage because at the end, you need to get the best of a player. Now, that's my personality. And I'm, I'm able to separate the player from the person. Very easy. And that's why, and I'm, I can say it because it's a good way, when, when, when a club have a doubt about me, you know, like saying, mm, yeah, we want you, but we are not sure about your character or we are not sure about your personality. Or we are not sure about how you train. I said, call the player. I've been in Brighton, in Sunderland, AEK, Betis, Bordeaux, China, Chile, another national team, huh? call them. You call five and three say to you, don't touch him. That's it. They made a decision for you. Now, if the five and you pick the player and you pick the club, so that's my way because I depend on the player. And if I don't have the players with me, I got no chance. So you need to know how to relate. Now, in certain clubs, it works very well. In another club, you need to be a general. And you need to be like, because it doesn't work. That's why certain coaches work very well in one club and they go to another club and it's nothing. <laughs> they can do nothing and they lose the job after three months because the players or the majority of that group of players, they needed something different. So that's why it's so difficult to put a pattern on how you, you, know, you talk to the player. To the point that you say in some teams or some clubs, you need to be a general. That's something that actually very interesting because fans and people normally don't know the company or the club culture is also something that it has Look, to match with gonna, the manager. I'm going to tell you something very, I mean, Steven is here and he's going to love it. Why the players that they had at Tottenham, they couldn't play in a certain way with Mourinho or with Conte or with Espiritu Santo or with, and now they can. Why? Do you think it's all tactical? No, it's all mental. It's all the way that he trains, convinces, tell them what to do, in which position they put him, how he wants to play, how you know the, the game that he wants to play is, is, is go, goes very well for these players. So many things that they go together because of the manager. Did Daniel Levy knew? No. Because if no, it will get him how long ago? You know, like why he needed to wait? Why he needed to get the other three or four before? So you you searching and you expecting. And sometimes you think, okay, I need that character now, Mourinho. And then, hmm, it didn't work. And then you change for Espiritu Santo, but then you get another character. So that was something that was not correct. Uh, and, and now it does work. When Harry Kane left, you say, wow. So it was impossible to know. It was, it was no way. The same way that he couldn't know or know that Mourinho or Conte wouldn't work, you know, for different reasons. Yeah, well, that was, uh, Conte was a very special case. I think Mourinho was... was... <sighs> With his team, you could see what he was trying to do, but Conte was just in the end was just it was just blew out. So I think it was just a, he had enough, too much happening in his life, and he just had enough and wanted to get out. 
I think he. he yeah, yeah but, but the problem, the problem, the problem is that we don't know what happened when he arrived because remember that it was rumors in the summer and he mm -hmm. said no, and then it came three months later. And said, why he say yes now? Because he didn't have a club, or because there was a different proposal that maybe there was a change in you know in the way that they, they would recruit the player. He got two players in January: Bentancur and uh, Kuleski, the the, the winger. Uh, from Luseski, from 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 Italy, he knew the players and they gave something to the team. But it was still something not right. There is so many things, you know. I don't know. We can talk about players. We talk. We can talk about the goalkeeper for how long it was. Like, uh, is the goalkeeper? Is not the goalkeeper? We can talk about Dyer. That Dyer was always out of the team, but then a new manager arrived, and Dyer was the first one playing. We can talk about the system. play all the time, and then we want to play three. Wanna... So many things because. They were trying to find a solution to see which one it will work. And at the end, maybe, with all respect to Ange, the one that they was less expected because it was the moment the hurricane left is when the team is working better. Does Mariano and I were talking earlier about um, the way coaches are reacting to teams, their teams playing. So you have certain managers will throw the team under the bus. You'll have certain managers that will say, nope, I take full responsibility this is went wrong. It's my responsibility, not the players. So in, in terms of managing personalities that way, as a player, how would you have reacted if your coach just was like you're like Conte did or even Ten Hag recently is just like what he's done with the Man United team after the derby? Me, I, you got the problem. I, 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 I will tell him sooner or later. My, 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 my personality was if the coach says something publicly and then I don't play and then something happened and they ask me, I say, well, I, I, I didn't make the team. As a coach, he makes the team. If we lose today, probably he's responsible. He picked the team, you know, not me. And he will come to me and say that, you cannot say that. No, excuse me, you cannot say that about me. You know, here is a, a two-way respect. There is no place in the world that says that the coach can talk about the players individually in the press and the players, they cannot talk about the coaches. No. Nobody can talk about nobody. That's the rule. You got in your contract. You cannot talk on the press certain things. Now, the problem is when it becomes constantly, it's a problem. I, I got certain rules about timing. I, I don't like people being late or people being respectful or people, you know, doing uh, things that we don't want them to do. But at the same time, we say everybody can make a mistake. Simple. Now, when somebody makes it too, I need to make a decision and I need to, you know, punish that, that player. But if I punish the player, then I need to pay and punish everybody eh, when they do the same twice or three times. And I know it. And I do it. And I do it. There is no regrets. There is no revenge. When that punish, punishment goes, it's back. I'm talking about the situation with uh, Ronaldo. When they kick out Ronaldo from Manchester United, everybody, yeah, yeah, strong. It's like Ale Ferguson. And then Sancho, yeah, 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 fantastic. Get him out. Yeah, yeah, it's like Ale Ferguson. And now, it's going to be another one. It's going to be another one. Who is going to play? So that's a situation that you control it. Like I said, he got his personality. And that, his personality. It's him, you know? And he managed that. And I'm sure... It's going to work in many, many places. But in another ones, sometimes it doesn't work. And that's something that is very important. That's why sometimes we say, coaches, I prefer a little bit less good, but I'm the right person for that job. It's that you go to the top. Said. That was go to the, the top interview. and not being yours. Yes. It's, it's because you want to work well. You want things to work. I believe in what I can do. I promise you. 99.9% you depend on the players. No, 100%. You can take whatever you like the place. You can train everywhere, everything, every detail, everything. But then they play. And if it's a shot and the goalkeeper catch it, maybe you win. And if the goalkeeper miss it, maybe you don't. Without getting into mistakes, VAR and company, no? 
But I think uh, going back to the, the talking to the player, I'm very honest. Now, I don't hurt people. You know, it's a difference between being honest and really hurt people because, you know, I, I'm not going to tell a player, even if he is, you are the worst player I ever coached in my life. No, I won't. Even if he is. And that doesn't mean I'm going to lie. I'm not going to tell him he's good. No chance. I'm going to tell him that he's in, 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 in a very, very difficult situation and probably won't play. So if he's... The reasons, they are difficult to explain, but he needs to know. If he wants to know, eh? I, I don't call a player to tell him he's not going to play it, uh, ever. <laughs> the players, sometimes they come and they ask you. So I'm honest without hurting. Now, it did happen once to me that the person in front of me was very aggressive and he went over the top. So then I was fully honest. Then he hurts. But not because of me, because of him. You know, because at the same time, I cannot stand there and just take... Uh, something that is not respectful, you know, some accusations. So then you need to tell him the truth, even if it hurts. But I tell you, I've been in, I don't know, seven clubs or eight, and I coach, I don't know, 250 players, and I have once. Normally, the players, they are, they are fantastic. I, I tell you another situation, which is nice. You know when they promise a, a player that he's going to play? There is plenty of managers, um, uh, Steven and Mariano, that they say to a player, don't worry, don't worry, you will play in the next couple of weeks. Just to throw it forward. And then they don't. I never do that. I will never do that. I told a player, look, look at this one, how nice it's even. I told a player, you will play against Holland. You will start against Holland because we were playing Republic of Ireland before. And I said, you will play. Now, I tell you now, if the striker is playing against Republic of Ireland, score a hat-trick, you won't play because I cannot change him, you know? But any other situation, scoring a goal, playing well, it doesn't matter. You are my number nine for that game. And he played. And then I'm an I score eh, in the previous game, the other. And we won in Republic of Ireland. Because when I say something like that, I mean it. I know a hundred managers that they promise people things and then they never happen. Because they want, they, they want to, we, we say in Spanish, like, tiralo para adelante, no? Put it forward. Put it forward. You don't want a problem today. Okay, yeah, you will play in the next two or three weeks, you will play for sure. And then you don't play. And then if you play five minutes, it's capable of saying, well, I told you, you will play. I didn't say how, how long. You play five minutes. So they, they always announce, I don't like that. I hate that. I left Chelsea and I went to Spurs because Ranieri said to me, you will play more than what you think. Excuse me? First, how do you know how much I think I'm going to play? You're reading my mind. You are a genius. Yeah? And secondly, I want to play every game 90 minutes. It's more than that? No. So how you can tell me that I'm going to play? Ah, come on. No, come on, No. <laughs> I, I don't start the season say, okay, how many games? 38. Okay. I think I'm going to play 20 this year. No. I start the season playing. I'm going to play every game. Then if I don't, of course, it's the decision of the coach. I never, ever went to see the coach and ask why I'm not playing. Never. Never. One of the things I always thought about professional footballers is the, they, they have to be very mature at a very early age to speak to managers, to speak, uh, to, to take the opportunities they have to take 19, 18-year-old and leave home, leave home mm. and, and having all these decisions to make. And for example, you said, just said, I never asked why uh, I never was, uh, I, I wasn't selected for, for, for playing or not playing and because something in you told you that it's something that you should not know, it's not your place to know. And that's a maturity that probably you brought, uh, you have it in yourself. And mm -hmm. some players don't have it. And for me, what, what I'm interested in is how much a coach 
teach these things to the players or talk about these things to the players. It's is there regular communications or it is more about your style, you say you're casual, you take the opportunities to chat wherever the opportunity arises and you take this opportunity and you speak to the player or they're very detached, the team from the manager in general and they don't speak about the things. How how a player develops and how a coach coach these sort of things without being so invasive or passing the limits. That's something that actually... Yeah, teaching, teaching is difficult, Mariano, because... I always tell the, the players what I think and I can give an advice, but they need to make the final decision. I never tell a player, you have to do this in your life or you cannot go and see a manager and ask why, because I've I done the opposite. Robbie Keane asked me when we were at Tottenham some questions and I didn't have the answer. I said, the only one who knows the answer is Juan de Ramos. He said, uh, if you want, I go with you and I translate. And he went to see Juan de Ramos, kind of because my, my uh, as an assistant coach, I told him, I don't know the answer. So not like I push him, but I give him, I open the door for him to go and see the manager. But the decision was his. That's the important thing. Because also there is different situations. Tariko will tell you all the time, uh, Mauricio will say to you, okay, I start the season, I don't play. And then I'm a left back or a right back. And, and then we start the season and we lose and the right back is also. And then uh, we lose and the right back is also. And then you are there, you're training and you're okay and you're okay. So maybe one day you see the coach and say, uh, my time, no? I mean, <laughs> you're not winning. We're not doing well at the back. We consider goals. Give me a game in my time. But that doesn't mean that you go to see him. Like I said, it's not like a formal. Uh, it's, a, it's a matter of uh, having that. Now, there is managers that stay away from the team. Eh? Completely away. Eh? And they don't talk to the players practically. They just talk about football and see you later. And you're your life and mine my life. And sometimes, in certain clubs, it works. That's what I say is so difficult. Now, I go my way because... I know how much it means to the player. But then you have uh, other situations. I, you know, you, I have a player that I was always in, talk, in, in contact with him because he was having a bad problem, a bad uh, situation. And then he sorted out and he went to another level. And I started looking at, at other players. And then he thought I left him alone because he got used to have a relationship. But my relation was when I thought he needed it. You know, he was, he was in a bad situation. When you are in a good situation, I need to help somebody else. But he liked it. So he kind of say, no, I want to maintain it. But I didn't know that. So then you know with time or with someone will tell you. So then you, you maintain that. The, the players, they need different things. There are certain players, they need nothing. And the other players, they need you to stay on top. You know? That's why you need to know them. And the best way to know them, communication. The way that I do it is natural and casual. Now, there is, uh, you say something before, and sorry, Maria, I want to go back. Me, when I get to a club, in the first week, I have a meeting with the leaders, for sure. All together, and maybe one or two individuals of those leaders. And then I start knowing the rest. But the leaders first. They need to know me, listen to me in a closed room, what are we going to do, why we're going to do it, how we're going to do it, and why I need them to lead. Then that doesn't mean you're going to play. That doesn't mean, that you, <laughs> doesn't mean nothing. But it means that this is the way. So it's clear. Nothing is personal. Here, the only thing is the team. It needs to win. If you win, I'm a better coach. It's a better sport director and it's a better president. I've never seen a president or a chairman getting uh, blamed for winning a, a championship. Or, never, you know? They always, when there's bad things going on. That's the way I do it. And at the end, I know everybody. I know everybody. Now I go 35 players, more or less, in here, in, in Greece, and I know every single one of them. I, I know them, I'm not saying perfectly, but I know them quite well. And they know me. They know why they are here, and how they can lose the place, 
if they, you know, they don't do certain things. The rest is difficult. So you said earlier about separating the personality from the player. With everything around players' mental health now, the abuse that they get through social media, uh, the scrutiny from podcasts, you know, through mm-hmm. to radio stations. Um, how do you deal with that interaction with players? Because you've got to manage, or is that is that something you don't, not you personally, but a coach has to manage directly, or is there a team that does that? There is, in the clubs, there is a team, but also we, we get involved because uh, it's not the same that, with all respect, the media people is coming to talk to a player about something that is going on in social media that is coming the coach. In terms of your relationship with the players, you know, there's always sort of the um, Richarlison incident, you know, about what was happening with him back in Brazil and it was affecting his football. And everyone was shocked and surprised. But surely you must see, as someone you see every day, you must notice, but then I guess, as you say, some managers are so distant and only do. Yeah, the me, me, me. I get closer. Me, I get closer. To me, I, like I said before, I, there is a few of my players that, for different reasons, they are not playing or they have bad times or they are not getting in the in the squad, and, and I'm always there. I try, especially without seeing every day. If they were with me, it would be different because the communication is direct, it's daily. But in these times, uh, I think you know, you know, this situation like Richardson or or Luis Diaz now with the, the situation with his father, that you, you need to be very, very, very close. I think you need to be very supportive. You need to even, uh, me, I, I like to talk to them to see how they are. And sometimes they made the decision for you about playing or not playing. Because sometimes they need to get away from it and get in the pitch and forget about everything and have, uh, you know, 90 minutes of uh, freedom to call it. And another place, they cannot play. One minute, because they cannot stop thinking about it. So that's why you need to know the personality. The player is there. It's all there. We can watch the player. We can like or not play you or me or another one. But then you need to know the player. How he's going to react. Even, even you can go deeper. Eh? There is a studies that they are amazing. Eh? How the player reacts when they, we are losing. When a player reacts when you're winning. Good or bad, eh? both ways. There's players that you're losing. And they get worse. And the players, they're losing and they react and they, they become animals. Or when you go players that they're winning and they get confidence and they kill you, they score seven. But it's another that are winning and they relax. and they ah. So when you know that it's easy for you to make decisions, to stay on top of a player or to help him or to change him dramatically, see you later. So all those situations, it takes time. But the more you know those players, the better uh, it helps you know, the, the decisions that you're going to make for the team. Just uh, thinking about sort of players again and coaches' relationships. When a what, when a player gets substituted, now more and more they visually show you they're upset. Do you think that's more for the crowd, or do you think that's more for the manager? I don't force the players to shake hands with me when they're coming up. I think it's not necessary. I think it's a it's a it's an act of. Uh, show enough that there is no problem when there is a problem because you take take him in house. When I made the changes, I know who is coming out. And if I know that somebody is not going to be happy or whatever, I go the other way and I let them make the change and I stay away from them. And if they want to come, free. I'm happy to hug them, shake hands or whatever. But I don't force them to shake because I put myself in that situation. If a coach forced me to shake hands, when I think I'm playing well and I'm helping the team and he's changing me 25 minutes to the end, no, don't, don't shake hands with me. I don't want to shake hands with you now. I'm sorry. We shake hands tomorrow. Let me come down. Don't put me in a situation to confront you. Let me come down. And tomorrow we have a chat. And you explain me why you changed me. You know, 25 minutes before then. But there is people that they say, no, you must do it. Okay. 
is again is their personality. Fair enough. So you need, you need to you need to know yourself and know what you gain with that situation. If you gain with that situation that you force the player to accept that you're changing him in front of the whole star, okay, then don't buy any character. Changing slightly the the direction of coaching relationship with players. Another thing that always strike me as difficult to understand. It's, for example, to improve a player. Many players say, I improve a lot with Gas as a coach and blah, blah, blah. And I'm talking exclusively about football things. I'm not Now I'm not talking about personal stuff. And I remember once we did our first recording a long time ago that you said that you had to train a, a striker to head a ball because he couldn't head and make a, a header. And you do the special training for him and, and he developed that skill. Normally... How, how much a coach or manager speak with the players in technical things to improve them, teach them? A club level. Eh? Club level. I'm talking about top club level. level. Eh? I think you always have something to work with the players individually, except the special ones, okay? And normally the special ones, they ask you to do something specific. So it's like when you want them to do, they already doing it themselves, so you don't need to do it. Young ones, there is plenty to do. Young ones, I, I, I love to have that relation with the young players to stay after training. Or even, like I said publicly, one day Jules Kunde asked me to come in the afternoon alone because he wants to work in something specifically, but he wants to work in the afternoon without people, you know, without the other players, without everybody. And we stayed with Tano in Bordeaux and we went in the afternoon at 3, 3.30 and we, we got changed, we done a little warm-up, we done a little bit of technique, done, and then we worked in specifically what he wanted to work. I, I think that's the, the, the relationship that you, you get when you are like we are, because they are able to ask you for extra training if you don't do it already. I, I, like in everything, it's depending where you are, uh, depending on the group of players. The, the one over 30, I would say to you that it's very, very difficult that they're going to improve something uh, in football. They already, they already what they are. Maybe they understand something that you want them to do, but technically, physically, that's it. Uh, the young ones, yes, plenty. And it's, and it's a lot to work, eh? a lot, a lot of positioning, movements, timing, uh, vision, uh, awareness, uh, technical, crossing, shooting, finishing, passing, the weight of the pass. Oof. Now, normally you put a lot of that already in, in exercises that the players don't know. I tell you they don't know because I didn't know. I was to train and they say, pass the ball, pass. You pass, you pass, you pass. You don't know why you're passing the ball, but there is a reason. The distance, the, the, the outside the cones, inside the cones, there is always something that is making you train something. I don't like when they, they, they click the play button and it's like a, a cassette. Yeah, yeah, this coach improved the players individually a lot. Yeah, yeah, this coach uh, look into details a lot. Yeah, this coach is very good. Uh, I think the players, they cannot say the opposite. I never see a player say, no, this coach is terrible. He doesn't improve the players. This coach never put the... So when they are coaching the players, you cannot ask the player. You can ask the player 10 years later. And if they remember something, that means a lot. From Brighton, I go without exaggerating, 30 players that you meet with them and you're still talking about Brighton from my time. It's spectacular. They always remember something. Something about how we play, how we understood, how we won, how we did it. From Sunderland, I think there is four or five, no, no more than that. From Ayek, I would say the, the 14 players that they play most of the time because I didn't change the team a lot, they will remember for sure how we, we improve as a team, eh, more than individually. But we, more than what training with 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 directions, you know. Uh, I remember at that time I had too many, how you call it in England, off the front 
players. They don't attack and they don't defend. They play there in the middle. They don't score and they don't run back. And I told all these players, they were like seven in night when I go. I said, well, with me, you got no chance. So I start thinking, oh, you score and you make the difference that way or you start running backwards. Because in the middle doing nothing, with me, you don't play. And two wingers, they started scoring and played all the time. I told you, I didn't change too much because they were on fire. And they started scoring. And one got a transfer to Australia and the other one he went to Turkey because they started putting a meaning into the game. When before it was, I mean, the middle left, a little bit of a flicky flicky and ha 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 and a little cross and no, meaning. And that's what I call responsibilities. And I, that's another thing, Mayer. I tell the responsibilities of every position, every player. And they know. Then they can do it or no, it's a different matter. But they know the minimum that they need to do all the time. That's no confidence. That's no confidence. There's no misunderstand a player playing well with confidence. No, a player needs to do his job all the time. He can do it a little bit better, a little bit worse. Then when they are confident, when they are confident, they do the Ibrahimovic overhead kick against England. That's confidence. The rest is football. Ibrahimovic was controlling the ball strong every day. He was passing the ball well every day. He was running at the right time every day. That was his level. Then when he was confident, oof, it was unstoppable. That responsibility, that, that message to the players also made them remember you, not only because you improved them individually, but you, you improved them inside the team. They had a role and they felt that that role was perfect for them to be better players. Do you think that's across all players can get to that level or do you think that, that is why they become special players? The elite footballer is the one that has the, that. The elite, the, the elite players, they are... Okay, the, the normal thing is you got already something natural in you. You know, not everything you can work. Uh, and then you develop uh, an understanding. You know, I always talk about Gianfranco Zola. Gianfranco Zola was outstanding, but he worked it. Eh? Uh, and we were training in a really bad pitch at Harlington with Chelsea. And he would stay twice a week or three times, but twice for sure after training to have free kicks in his own. He would get the balls, the bag of the balls then. He would get this old-fashioned wall they had the big wheels and you needed to carry on and put it there. Call one of the kids, second team, third team, to be a goalkeeper. And he would stay there, ping, over the wall, over the wall. And then sometimes hitting the goalkeeper, say, don't move, don't move too early, over the wall. And then we go to the game, you go a free kick in there and you say, okay, we got a chance because he's special. He's a very good player, understand the game. And on top of that, he works where he needs to work. That's why they become a unique, unique player. You, you said that, for example... Young players, you can coach them and you can teach them lots of things. You, you can improve them individually more, individually than, the more than, than, than the other one. No doubt. And, the, and, and then you see, for example, coaches like Mourinho or Conte normally ask for already made players, that players who has already developed characteristics. So we can see here a relationship that probably Conte do not develop or Mourinho do not develop players more than some coach that can deal with young players. Is, is that probably something that we, we, we can assume or, or think about it? Well, the, 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 the problem is why you go to a club. If I go to a club and they say to me, I need to win tomorrow, I don't want kids. I want players already ready. 23, 24, 25, 27, 28, that range. And I can have one or two over 30 and one or two younger. But at, at the best age, you know, they already experienced enough, but they are not old. They can run, they can compete. And that's what Mourinho and Conte they do because they want to win. They are not there to develop players. That's a different matter. Now you need to go and another coach. Now, you can develop players in certain clubs. You know, the clubs you need to win. That's the problem. Now, when you mix that and it works, you're a genius. Because I'll tell you one thing. 
for example, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a great admirer of Mourinho or Guardiola, different ways, or Simeone. But many people say that Guardiola improved the players. Yeah, which players? The one that cost 50, 60, 70,000? Micho, give me a club and give me players only from 50, 60, 70,000, uh, 7 million, 70 million, yeah? I said 1,000. 70 million, and uh, I improved them as well. They're going to get better, for sure, because they're going to play good football, they're going to suit the football, and they're going to be unbelievable. Or Haaland didn't score before he arrived to Man City. Or Bernardo Silva didn't keep the ball in his own before he arrived to Man City. Or Kevin De Bruyne was not crossing the ball like he was crossing the ball before he went to Man City. Or the goalkeeper was not passing the ball 70 yards like he's a football player before he went to Manchester City. It's, it's interesting that we talk about certain things just because it sounds nice. Guardiola is a top. He changed football forever. He killed football in a certain way because everybody wants to be Guardiola. But... He always dealt in his career in the top division with exceptional players. Barcelona, Messi, Xavi, Iniesta. Bayern Munich of the best Müller and company. Man City, the best Man City in the history. The most expensive one. Now, a different matter is that he can do that with a team that is playing relegation. With the players from that team without buying anyone. That's a different matter. Even you can improve the player. If you tell me last year... I went to see live Burnley, and I thought it was exceptional. And they cannot win a game. What happened? The coach is terrible now. <laughs> but they played last year in the championship. They were good enough, and they could uh, able to hold the ball, pass it, and score and deal with situations. And this year, uh, it's another level because you play against Van Dijk, because you play against Romero, because you play against players that are going to defend better than you. And they're stronger, they're quicker, they know the game better, they are nasty. They... But at a certain level, you are your best, and at a certain level, you are not. And, and the coach look... Is... look, the coach is the same. The communication, Mariano, that we were talking about this podcast, is the same. The way he treats the players is the same. The idea of football, I watch him this year, is the same. But the players, they go a level. Now, can I stay up? Of course, they can stay up. I, I got the team with the same shit. I think, one, I think they got four points in 11 games. I had four points in uh, in ten games with the, when I got the team uh, at Sunderland. I, I had a men, I had men, you know, players that they play many many years in the Premier League. You know, Sean O'Shea, Wes Brown, Dick Cattermole, Borini was coming, but you know, players that they play many years in the in the in the Premiership. This team of Burnley is young and and is new and is tough because the rest they are they are tremendous. Go and play against Brentford. <laughs> And deal with that. Tell all the teams, you know, to go and deal. You know, it's even difficult to know how they play, but somehow they are there. Now, can that coach do the same with uh, with my United player? He got no chance. The same, no chance. But is that down to personalities? For sure. The way they play, the way they, they are together, Brentford, the way they passion, the power, the strength, the, and the way they play, it has nothing to do with the characteristics of the players of Manchester United. So either... They need to bring players for him to play the same way, or either him needs to adapt in an incredible way to play. Now, why you bring him for the way he plays, or for the way he's gonna manage the players? Because if you bring him from the way he plays, you need to change the team. It's tough. Again, yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough. So, when you were in company's position and you had that many points, did you change anything in your philosophy? Did you change your tactics? Did you, or did you just say we're sticking to this? We're gonna keep going. When I went to Sunderland, I remember I got the job after seven games. 
So the team was already there. I was not before that, so I, we didn't develop anything. I tried to go and put in practice exactly the same that I was doing in Brighton, and it was not possible. For example, in the beginning, I would say easily in the first three, four months, we couldn't play from the back. And we trained, and we trained, and we trained, and Tano was telling me, no, okay, we play there. Uh, Steven, we play there. Why are we going to play from the back and lose it, and lose the game? But then, from the middle forward, we started playing. And we started moving the ball. And the players, they started enjoying it. And then they started realizing and knowing the reason and how and the timing and why the positions. And then we started playing a little bit more. And then everybody got involved. And then when you realize, we play football. Okay? Now, we finished the season. Vito Manone, Virginie, Brown, O'Shea, Marcos Alonso, Lee Cattermall, Key, Seb Larson, Adam Johnson, and Fabio Borini will come the, the striker because I give him the last five games and score all the goals and save me from relegation. And then next year, Bersini doesn't start there. Marcos Alonso is not there. Chi is not there. Fabio Borini is not there. <laughs> and you think you're going to work anyway. How? Why the ones that come in for little money, they're going to perform the same way that the other ones that they were eight months training with me? Eight months. Eight. It's a problem. But that's the way it works. If you're using company shoes, because I, I was listening to the radio, they were talking about Burnley playing the same style of football as many teams in the Premier League now. And they are just the level between the teams that have been doing it for a lot longer are better players. So do you stick to what does he stick or does he twist and think, okay, I just have to make sure we stay, we get that spot just above relegation? Before he killed me, it was Connor Wickham. Okay. Well, no, sorry. I was very strong in, in the terms of because the way we finished the first season, the second season, I started playing. I didn't give up. And it was difficult. It was difficult because of the personnel. It was very difficult. I think we talk about identity here in the beginning. And I said to you, Brighton, it took me like nearly one year. I think it was 10, 11 months. It was my second season in September, October. Sunderland takes seven months to have a good idea. So there is plenty of time that you need to work to get to a point where you say, okay, I can maintain that. But there is places that you cannot do it. Burnley, I think the players, they go there, they are to play this way. Now, if they manage to know when and where better, or not all the time, you know, you know sometimes it's 100%. You have to play 100% all the time. And, and that's difficult. That is only for the Man City and not even Barcelona now. That's the situation when, when, he's, when he's forced every time to do the same, it's a problem. I, I remember when we were training with Tano, you know, you, you stop playing football and 10 years later, you want to play a little circle with the player and you think you're still a football player and they're quicker than you and they're powerful <laughs> and you think they don't reach, they reach. <laughs> You think you got enough space? You don't. So that's the problem. So that's the, the situation when you are from the championship to the premiership. In the, in the championship, the distances that you're playing, they were enough and good. And now you go to the premiership and they are not good enough because they, they are quicker and they read the game better. They are closer. They are, and that's a problem. One thing is to play with the ball. And another thing is to play football. With the ball, everybody can play with the ball. You can kick it and you can kick it forward. And... Now, to play football, you need to understand so many things that happen. And remember, every game, every action, every moment is different. It, it doesn't repeat itself, you know, because the ball is different, because the position is different, because the pitch is different, because the weather is different. So many things are different. The momentum, you're winning, you're losing, you're drawing, it's a final, it's not a final. It's a summer game, a friendly game. That's the situation. But going back to communication, 
I'm going back to the manager of the players. Uh, the more you know, the, my message is the more you know the player, personality, the better for you in the long term, no doubt. Coach. Thank you very much, Stephen. Do you have any extra questions? I think this. No, some... Stephen is just getting nervous. <laughs> you know the teams. I have the teams here. I have the teams here. Come on, say the team before we cut. Sanchez. Yes. Uh, Axel Desarsi, or whatever his name is. Silva, yeah, James, Colwell. Okay, Sterling. so he played James. Yeah, and Colwell. Oh, he played Colwell left back. Big guy, you want to attack there, I see. Gallagher, Caicedo, Fernandez, Palmer, mm. Jackson, Sterling. Okay, interesting. And uh, Tottenham is difficult, yeah, at the moment to make the team. Uh, <laughs> Brennan Johnson. Everybody knows the team. Brennan no, Johnson is in. Play. Yeah. Johnson is in. No, Why do you think of Johnson? He's not even on the bench? Yeah, yeah he's on the bench. Yeah, he is, yeah. You know what, please? But Dancur is back. You're not I the only that. one. <laughs> I know that. Oh, Dyer, Dyer is on the bench. Dyer. He's been on the bench now for a few weeks. Okay. He's brought him back into the squad. Um, he's actually in the match day squad. Well, oh, we don't yeah. have many How long do you think Benton Cool is going to take to get back? Uh, it depends if he plays. You know what? I it helped me a lot the the old reserves on Monday night. I played a couple of games, proper games. Yeah? I remember playing one game with the Spurs at West Ham against West Ham, sorry, and Dagenham and Rebridge. Horrible. But I played. And in the other team it was uh, uh it's coming like Don Johnson, no, Dan Dan Hutchinson. Hutchinson, the midfielder. And he was playing there, and, and I was going crazy. And he said, guys, don't get injured here. Just play normal, you know, relax. And I was playing like it was a World Cup final. But that gave you the... Because in the reserves, in the other team, they were playing five or six players from the same team, and in your team as well. So it became a proper game, even if it was reserves Monday night in a small pitch. And that helped you to get back. Now, when you don't play games, how long you can play? 20, 30 minutes. And when you give him more? You don't know. And if he plays 20, 30 minutes, but tomorrow night, he had the chance to play 60 in the reserve. And the weekend again, and then he played next week, it's 85 in the reserve. You know, it's quicker. Now, without playing, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're doing friendlies. But is he allowed to play now. for the under-21s? I don't know the rules now. They changed the rules so much. I thought the reserves they were. They were the best ever in the world, the reserve in England. It was spectacular. Imagine one kid... One kid from the from the reserves, 19, 20 years old, he was able to play with me as well. I was coming down, I was 33 or 30, and you're playing with him and you, you're telling him, come, come, don't worry, get the ball. And the kid will be like, wow, this is great, you know? At the same time that you getting back into, into Finland. And now they change it, they put this. Um, it's not reserves anymore. Now. No. First they done. Academy A and Academy B, then they done under 23, then they done under 21, and maybe two or three they can play, you know, but sometimes they don't play the day after, they play the day before, so how you know? Ah, anyway. Okay, all right. Enjoy. Thank you, Thank you very much. Uh, okay. Uh, we... So yes, what's your prediction for today? Yeah, come on, let's have predictions. I, I think that it's going to be a draw. Very positive. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> no, me, I'm, I'm uh, between you and me now. I'm very worried about you. 
Tomorrow morning, uh, 7.20, I, I go five live, and at 9.30, I go and talk sport. I'm going to talk, and I'm going to make sure that, the, you know, I, I say exactly what happened in the game, which is going to be interesting. But it's going to be amazing. How is the weather over there? Mine? Yeah. yeah. It's pissing now. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I live, I live but, in Wales. It's just it's like islands. It rains all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was thinking about London because depending on the weather, too many foreigners in Chelsea, no? So. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. Thank you, Jake. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the series. Leave a winning review or a five-star rating on the platform you're listening on. And do not forget to check our website at www.12asintheworld-man-academy.com and let us know what would you like to know. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, please email us to sponsors at the 12 See you next time at the 12 Man Academy.